0: Are you looking to get an edge in life but haven't been able to figure it out? Welcome to 10 to Win, the podcast hosted by Kevin Steidl
1: and Jason Cullum. Give us 10 minutes of your time and we'll show you how to
2: create a winning mindset. Welcome back to 10 to Win, the podcast, the podcast focusing on how to create a winning mindset in 10 minutes. This is part three of how to help others learn. If you are just tuning in for the first time, this is the interview portion. And today we have a special guest who's here with us explaining how he has dedicated his life to helping other people learn.
0: That's right, Jason. Today, Nick Geiger is joining us. Nick has been a middle school teacher for the past 22 years. He also has spent 10 years as a high school soccer coach. He is a great husband, a great dad, and he, every year he helps 150 kids learn. So we thought he would be a great guest on the topic of helping others learn. Nick, thanks so much for joining us. How are you, my friend?
1: I'm doing really well. Thank you guys for having me on your your podcast. I'm excited to kind of share uh, my thoughts and ideas and experiences with you guys. So whatever I can do to help, I'm here to I'm here
2: to do. Awesome. Nick thanks for joining us you obviously had a great career in teaching let us just start at the beginning what are the things you do to help others learn
1: there's a lot of things to be honest um and i i i jotted down some ideas and just kind of thinking out loud about this and you know i i think one of the things that's really really foundational to to learning and teaching and you know a, any type of communication that you're going to have with people is is building those relationships um, I listened to an earlier podcast of yours, building relationships. And, you know, I, I think the um, other person you had on there who was, seemed like business CEO, did did just about everything, jack of all trades. Um, it it kind of started with, you know, building relationships and and being that chameleon, like he said, and really being able to try to connect with lots of different people in a variety of different ways. Because in essence, I feel like sometimes teaching is like selling. I'm selling myself, I'm selling the content, I'm selling the material, I'm selling, you know, how I model myself and how I approach, you know, learning and education. So I feel like it, it definitely has to start with relationships with people. I also feel like one of the the best things that a teacher can do, or if you're going to teach anybody is you, you've got to model the behavior you want to see. Um, there's a couple of different rules in my classroom as far as we you know always try to strive for kindness in here you know we we don't put each other down we don't say negative things about ourselves there's a couple of words that they know that they're not allowed to say because they'll never hear me say that and in general terms it's just like if i want them to be hard workers if i want them to be model citizens and learn you know the content and build this awesome community at my school i've got to model that and i i do see that that's kind of a problem with with some teachers especially some teachers who really struggle, and they'll come to me, and I'm like, well, what are you doing in class, and are you modeling the right behaviors, and I'll walk by their room from time to time, and I'm not trying to call anybody out, but they'll be on their phones, or they'll be doing other things, and it's like, how are you, you know, what kind of, they're seeing you do this, so they think that that is okay, and I know that you guys both have four kids each, so you know all about modeling behavior and how that goes, so um yeah. but about relationships it's about modeling um and i think it's about accountability and energy uh what uh, one of my really really good friends and and i have two kids too that she actually said to me she goes every day i go in to, to teach i i think what i want my son or daughter to have this teacher today and that's something i have to be very very cognizant of uh and like just it, it helps to get me motivated for the day and there's all the you know there's those days that you know, you're sitting in the parking lot, you're like, okay, I gotta try to find the energy. I gotta try to bring it today. But imagine if my son Hugh or my daughter was in class, I would want them to have a rock star experience. I would want them to have a rock star teacher. So those are the things that I have to try to remind myself that, hey, if if I want my kids to have this from their teachers, I've got to bring it every day too. So energy, modeling, accountability, and those relationships.
0: That's awesome. I love the modeling piece. That- when we started the podcast, that was one of the first things you really talked about, Jason was you know the winning mindset mantra of the podcast, and you really talked about that being a dad and I think that's what you just said is awesome, Nick, where you're like i when I start the class, I'm like, "Would I want my son or daughter to to have this teacher today right and it's hard for as adults for us to to get over ourselves in that, like, Oh yeah, I'm going to do a good job or, or I'm here today and I'm thinking about a million other things. And that's not the experience that you would want one of your kids to have. Right. And I think people need to be thinking about that in, in all aspects of their life. What are they giving it? their all at their job, uh, whether they're helping mm-hmm. teach people or you know working on an assembly line or whatever it is i think that's really great
2: yeah i let me just add to that too because i i really took a couple of things out of your your answer there nick and i love the fact that you talked about building relationships I, i love the fact that you also talked about connecting with your students and i think that's such a valuable piece when you're trying to teach others uh anything okay is that if you're not connecting with them if you're if it's not making it to them um in in such a way that they're absorbing the information that you're talking about. You're basically just talking into the air. Like you have to be able to connect with these people. And I know I haven't really mentioned this on the podcast before, but for about five years I taught at Sinclair community college, which is a a college here in Dayton. You're probably familiar with it. Nick and Kevin, you might even be familiar with it too, but Mm -hmm. I was teaching EMS and, and fire down there and one of the things I really enjoyed when I was down there was the ability to connect. I was also younger when I was doing that. I'm younger than I am now. And so I, I was my connection with the students went really well because in, not that this is bad or detrimental, but I wasn't 70 years old and I wasn't, you know, someone who. Uh, had been doing these things 50 years ago that I was trying to teach. I was actually doing it right now, which had a great connection with the students that I was doing it with. So uh, I love that part uh, that you were talking about there, Nick, on connecting and building relationships with with the people that are in front of you.
1: It, it is. And, you know, I, I think that's what life's about. If you think about it's building these connections. That, that's that, Those are the things that you take on. Those are the things that you remember the most. You know, it's the friendships. It's the partnerships. it's It's how that teacher made you feel in that day, you know did I feel valued that day? Um, I think is a big one. And I want my say, it's funny, I always make it a point to to thank my students because going through, t- you know, school can be tough. Being a kid can be tough. And I, if my students were here, they, they'd laugh at this. I have very high standards for their work. Um, I have very high standards for their behavior, but at the same time, we can, we can make it fun too. Like it's, it's about building that connection and, and and finding out what my students like, and, and finding about you know what their home life is like, because I grew up in a very very working class family. We live paycheck to paycheck, so I can reference those times in my life. And I guess that's another thing is just making sure that you can be vulnerable with your students. Obviously, not oversharing everything, but like, hey, I've experienced this, or you know, I, I've come from these troubles, or I I was lucky enough to be able to play sports and and be really good with academics, and you know, receive scholarships. So even though we didn't have quote unquote, you know, enough money to be able to send me, I was able to, to earn scholarships through academics to be able to go to college and stuff. So it is, it's about connecting to kids on all kinds of different levels, whether it's mental, social, emotional, there's all different types of ways that you can connect with kids.
0: I think one of the things, you know, holding them the high standards while they're learning is it's hard to do, but it's easy. As you said, before, if you're modeling the behavior, if you're holding yourself to a high standard, then it makes it a lot easier for them to model after your behavior, and and then they know the standard, right? You you've set the standard as the leader of the room, and now others can can learn. And I think that's you know a big part of it. What what do you think? What mistakes do you think people make when they're attempting to help others learn?
1: That's a really good question. When I when I think about that question, a couple of thoughts come to mind. I think the first one is, especially in, in teaching, and I teach middle school history, which starts at like the beginning of time all the way through the Civil War. So it's a lot of history, world and American. <laughs> I think one of the first things is, and I tell the kids this all the time, because I don't know everything. You're going to ask me a lot of questions that I'm going to be able to answer, but at the same time, there's going to be some stuff I don't know. And I always... Want to encourage them to make sure you're asking good questions. And if we don't, you know, if I don't know the answer, we can find the answer. And with technology at our hands, you know, it's it's great to kind of keep the kids interactive that way. Like, okay, that's a tough question. I can't answer it. Let's check it out. Sometimes they're, they're a little too good at it, too good at it, and they'll yeah. they'll back check what I'm saying and stuff. No, um, but in saying that, uh, I think that's that's one thing. It's just it's it's okay not to know everything. Um, I also think people make mistakes in their ability not to be able to adapt, Um, their inability, I should say, to you've got to be able to adapt in this job because, you know, each kid is very, very unique. Each kid is very individual. They don't all learn the same way. So you're going to have to change your approach if something's not working and you're going to have to pivot. And I think uh, another common problem that I I see a lot of people in the the field of education doing is that they dwell on the negative. that They want to, like we we're and we're all guilty of this. I will have a classroom of 24 great kids, but it's that 25th one that's causing me the most trouble and then I'll I'll kind yeah. of to, to focus on that a lot. So kind of going back to the original question, it's okay to not know everything. Um the ability or the inability sometimes to adapt. I think what holds people back from teaching and then people dwelling on the negative too much. You know, you you've got to remain positive and especially with those hard hard to reach students.
2: Yeah. You said some really good stuff there again. And I love the material that you're talking about. And and I want to go down this road of pivoting Nick, because you've been a teacher for a long time and I'm sure you've had to adjust things a million times for a variety of different students that you've had come through your doors. And I kind of want to go down the road of this as, a, as for a second here, as supervisors within our jobs or just simply parents, what do you do when you just feel like the material you're trying to teach Nick or convey is not being comprehended by your students or maybe your children? I feel like I deal with this all the time. And one of the things I continually come across, uh, in in doing to try and fix this is if I'm going down a road where I'm trying to convey something to an employee or I'm trying to convey something to my boys and they're, not understanding it. I know that I have to stop, I have to pivot, just like you said, and I've got to take a different direction on on conveying this material to them so that it actually registers in their head. What is something that you do when you run into a roadblock like this, Nick,
1: I think first it has to start with the talking with the student, like, is there something that seems off about this material? Is there something that doesn't seem like it's coming through? Like, is is there something about the way i'm teaching or the way that the material is being written that you don't quite understand and if you've ever read a history textbook even at the middle school level they can be pretty complex and sometimes i find it very very one of the easiest things that i do is i just put it in simple terms like you know if i think about the definition of technology the application of scientific knowledge you know, for practical purposes, like kids will look at you kind of sideways, like, well, what, what in the world does this mean? I'm like, guys, it's basically just using what you know to solve a problem. This is what, this is what technology is. And, you know, so I think simplifying terms can really, really help students. But I think one of the things my students love most about me is I'll put them into situations. I'll put them into scenarios. And this is where I feel like I really, really like your personality kind of comes through if you can really kind of connect this. So, you know, we'll do something with like social hierarchies and social classes where like the king's at the top. So, of course, I'm going to be at the top of the pyramid. I'll say King Geiger the Great, you know, he's handsome, he's determined, he's just, he he he's the guy, he's the man, okay? And then we'll start working our way, you know, through these other social classes. And, you know, each kid wants to be put in a different spot, but at the end of it, they know exactly what a social hierarchy is. They know the different levels, they know the jobs, the responsibilities. So just putting them into this scenario really quick in class, or even talking about democracy. Well, what is democracy? It's where the people, you know, have a say and it's a majority vote, but what does that mean? Well, what do you guys want to do for tonight? Do you guys want to do pizza? Do you want to do tacos? So we'll do a a simulation of what democracy is really quick. The more I can connect history to their lives, the better I'll teach them. And then the more I know their lives and who they are, the better I can teach the material. That's great great as I can put it. I
2: love that.
0: Nick, I want to circle back on something you mentioned before when you were talking about focusing on the negative and you mentioned, you know, I've got 24 great students and then I've got one that's maybe not so great. I know that for myself, when I have students who are very engaged in wanting to learn, like I get a lot of students every year who show up knowing hey I want to start a business I I pretty much know what it is and I'm ready for you to help me and and it seems pretty easy to teach them concepts of entrepreneurship and how to start and where to start what to do next and how to solve these problems and these challenges however I also get students who really just seem uninterested and I'm I'm sure for you in middle school, it's, you know, you've got behavior issues and I don't face too many of those, um, in, at the college level. And I think for most of our listeners, their, their application of helping others learn is probably more related to their careers, which is probably not teaching elementary or junior high or high school kids. So let's think of it not as a behavior issue, but just as an unengaged person who really, doesn't seem like they want to learn. I mean, how do you recommend to someone who's a manager that's trying to teach a new set of recruits a, a skill or, or a training lesson that, you know, they just don't seem interested in because they're, they're, it's a low paying job or they didn't really want the job and they're just there because they need the money or whatever it is? How do you recommend that they kind of work through those?
1: That's a really good question, kind of a difficult one to answer, but I'll, I'll take, you know, my knowledge and my experience and, and just kind of go about it and approach it from that, that angle and that standpoint. The, the students that are the heart, like you, Kevin, you said earlier, you're a teacher and the the students who are super motivated are, are the easiest ones to teach, you know, right. they, they, they're coming with that winning mentality every single day. So how, how do you reach those reluctant learners? I think is kind of what we're going for um there's a couple thoughts that come to my mind first is and this is this is hard to admit as a teacher but we've been there as teachers and parents before sometimes you you have to let that kid fail as hard as it is to say and as hard it is as it is to admit um early on my sixth grade students because i retain my students for sixth seventh and eighth grade i i get a chance to really know them for three years I, i i i have to i have to let them walk through that process so that they can see the outcome. Uh, the, the, like, and, and same thing for a manager, okay, I'm teaching you these skills, whatever it may be, but if you didn't learn this knowledge, try to go about your job, try, try to perform this task, and you have no idea what you're doing. That's the point of this. So for my sixth grade students, especially th- those first couple of tests and quizzes um, that they take, there's a lot of reflection in there. There's a lot of, let's take the time and analyze, how do you study? You know, how do you prepare? If, if you're just looking at the material, you're not really preparing. This is about, you know, getting some flashcards together. Did you complete the study guide? Did you take a, advantage of the week's notice that I gave you before the test? You know, are you taking notes in class? How are you performing on your homework? Are you going above and beyond? Are you doing the bare minimum? So I think for them, sometimes walking through the, the you know, that, that walk of life or walking through that first failure And that's nothing, you know, especially when it's early on, that's, that's nothing that's going to ruin their grade for the year. That's what I always tell myself too. You know, it's, they're going to have to learn how to, I I think, learn, if that makes sense. They have to learn how to learn. And a lot of us do that through failure. Um, I know that you guys have done a lot with growth mindset and how to be positive and and kind of learning from your mistakes. And, you know, just because you fail at something doesn't mean you lose. It, It actually means that you gain a lot through that. So I think, those early struggles that my sixth graders have allows a lot of teachable moments. And I think that's the same thing for any profession. Now, some professions might be a little bit more high risk, high reward, though, you know, <laughs> where yeah. maybe it's an important sale or an important client. And it's like, okay, I don't think. But at the same time, you can model. You can walk through that and just say, okay, I'm going to play the role of this. Let's work on your selling skills. Let's work on your, your presentation. How are you speaking with people? How do you enter room? whatever it may be.
0: Yeah, no, that's really good.
2: Yeah, it is. I mean, sometimes people, you don't know what you don't know, right? And so if you're able to break it down for them step by step and, and convey the idea that if you do this, then this will lead you to this. And then if you do this, this will lead you to this. And hopefully all of this will lead you to a positive outcome or to be successful in this test or be successful in learning this material that we're talking about. So I love the fact that you're trying to break it down for them. And, and uh, that's hard to do sometimes it's hard It's hard to when you have someone on the other side who you feel maybe initially doesn't want to listen at all, i.e. my kids. And then I have to sit here and and say, okay, what I'm saying right now, I got to break this down because they're they're not comprehending anything that I'm saying. And I'm wasting my time right now. And I really have to come at this at a different angle and figure this thing out, because if I don't do that, everything I just said was a waste of time. All the words that came out, they didn't hear any of it, and nobody's making progress at all, Yeah, at all.
1: So, some other things that come to mind kind of off of your comments, uh, a, a saying that I use at home with my own kids and a, a saying that I say with my students is, you know, it's opportunity versus obligation. I know that sometimes it seems like the work that I'm assigning or the work that your teachers are assigning to my students seems like a lot of busy work. It might seem like tedious and it may be things that you don't want to do. But at the same time, it's not an obligation. It's an opportunity for you to showcase what you know. It's an opportunity for you to advance your knowledge in this subject area. Don't look at homework and tasks and quizzes and tests and whatever it may be in your job as something that's going to hold you back or something that you have to do. Look at it as something you should want to do if you really, really want to be a better person, a better leader, and a better student. See, I, I would
0: love to see that. Sort of mantra in higher education and and a couple of things that you said too about them learning to learn and and even f- um, failing helps you learn in college like what I see with college students is there's no opportunity to fail because if you and and I love that you said you you get these students for multiple years and you know that it's not going to set them back to give them bad homework grades so that you can then bring up the quality work um, kind of institute that let's learn this. And here's an opportunity for you to learn it and showcase all your skills. And I think what we're seeing at the college level is too much. um, It's, it's too much about the grades. There's no opportunity to fail and learn from that failure because the failure costs so much. It costs so much money to, to go to college and it cost so much. Oh, people are going to see that on my transcript and then I'm not going to be able to get a job. So I, I can't accept you giving me an F. I, I can't do that to myself. And then, and then, you know, 15 weeks goes by and that's it. And then the, they're out the door and a new group of students are in and I, I see students, over multiple years of their college career and and they do get better and improve. But the ones who don't do great in the first class, they don't get to go on to the second class. They either have to change their major or they drop out of school or they do this, that, or that. you know, like there's like a hundred other options for them. And I, I, I just hate that. I wish that there was a better path to, allowing them a little more room to fail at low stakes things over a, a longer course of, of time, like you're describing. I mean, I think that's where true learning takes place.
1: You, you hope that they learn those lessons early, right? Because yeah. like you said, college is a different ballgame and even high school, man, the stress that's put on oh, high no. school kids anymore, as far as assessments, tests, yeah. SATs, ACTs, man, am I going to be able to get in to where I want to get in? And it seems like, you know, the, all the scores have to go up and you have to have all these extra, I mean, there's, there's a lot of stress on kids today. That's why I think me and my role as a middle school teacher, where everything isn't recorded, they're not going to go back to your middle school transcripts. And well, at least I I don't think so. All right. (laughs) Um, Let's hope not right now. But no, you, you, that's why those three years that I have them are so important. Let's let's, okay. These are going to be failures. What can we do to not fail again? And that's why I was talking about you have to learn how to learn, and I think one other thing that really gets reluctant people to really really buy into a system is when they see you work hard. Um, my students know that at any lunch I will sacrifice, I will I will drop it. In, you know, it doesn't matter what I'm doing. If you come in and you need help, I'm going to sit there and do this with you. Hard work literally is contagious, and it seems like the more I put into something the more I get out of it. And I just need the, the, the students to be able to see me going that extra mile. Because I think that once they see you go that extra
2: mile, they're going to go that extra mile.
0: That's the winning mindset right there, buddy. That
2: is such a great example here. Nick, this has been awesome so far. Is there anything else you want to add here for our listeners before we kind of close this thing out?
1: Final thoughts. I, I would say, especially because I know that some of your listeners might be saying this is a middle school teacher. I don't know how this relates to the business world and so forth, but I guess that a lot of us are parents and that's something that we all have in common. So I guess from a a teacher and a parent standpoint, just know that you are your, your child's first teacher. Just know that, you know, I, I think that's a powerful message right there. And so much of what you portray is going to be caught or taught by you. So just make sure that you're providing those positive messages for your kids. I I find that in 22 years, family is so important to education. And I, I see that more and more every day because we're coming from, you know, societies where there's two parents working and there's not a lot of people at home for long periods of time. And, you know, there's no judgment on my part because I understand that, hey, we've got to put food on the table. We've got to provide for our kids. But just spend that quality time with them take that time to read i think if you were to ask my kids they would say probably some of the funnest parts of the night are reading books with dad and mom at the end of the night or sitting around the table and there can be a lot learned from that so just i guess that's one thought is that you know you you are your your child's first teacher but i guess the second one is it you know there's that that famous quote and i know that you guys have you know talked about quotes from henry ford and people like that before and stuff Um, I, I, I've always liked the one of, you know, um, I've learned that people will forget what you said, people will forget what you did, but they'll never forget how you made them feel. And I think that that's such a a powerful statement for anybody, whether you're a boss or you're a teacher or a doctor, you you just want to feel valued. So just, you know, make everyone feel welcome, feel valued and and feel respected. So I guess those would be my, my final thoughts.
2: Way to conclude it. That was awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Nick.
0: That's it folks for how to help others learn part three. We want to thank Nick for coming on today and really giving us some much needed things to think about and skills on how to help others learn better. Please continue to do incredible things out there, Nick. That was awesome. Please rate and review our podcast as it helps get the podcast out to more people. We will be back and better than ever on Monday for a brand new episode. And as always, if you were impacting or influencing one person a day, it is worth it. Everyone has 10 minutes to learn a winning mindset. Thanks again, Nick.
1: Thank you. Thanks for taking the time to create a winning mindset. Remember, we'll release a new episode every Monday.
0: So be sure to start your week off right by listening to 10 to win. Please subscribe, like, comment, and share our podcast. And remember, if you're impacting or influencing one
1: person a day, it's worth it. Everyone has 10 minutes to create a winning mindset.
0: Yeah. Yeah.